0: This is a Burlington Free Press podcast.
1: Hey, welcome to season four of It's the Beer Talking, where we continue
2: our conversations and dive deeper into fermented discussions about beers, brews, barrels, and barley out of Burlington, Vermont. Each week, we pull cold samples out of our refrigerators for Jason's favorite segment, What's in the Fridge? As well as interviews and conversations with brewers, brewery veterans, industry friends, and beer lovers.
3: And here are your hosts, Jeff Baker and Jason Strimpek.
1: Good morning, Jason.
2: Hey, Jeff. What's in the fridge? Oh, my God. Jeff, come on. You know, uh, we got a great, uh, great show coming up. I'm, yeah. So I'm just a little excited.
1: We got a really good show. <laughs>
2: we got some... I, I got to tell you, we got a great show coming. A couple of really great guests. Really great guests. <laughs> but first, Jeff, uh, my favorite segment, mm-hmm. and that is what's in the fridge. And uh, the first thing I'm going to do is um, pour this delicious a brand new beer from uh, Stone Brewing. Um, and those of you that want to drink along with us, this is from Stone's Hop Worship Series. And... Um, What's that called?
1: Idolatrous.
2: Idolatrous. Idolatrous it's like IPA. idol, And um, this is a, uh, a focus on two hops, Eldorado and Mosaic. It's an IPA and uh, coming in about 7%, a uh, 12 ounce can. And um, it's juicy.
1: It's juicy, but it's bitter too, man. This is a bitter beer, um, which I'm kind of digging on. You know, we talked about recently about getting away from the, the orange juice dishwater oh, beers. So good. El Dorado, uh, Jason, as you know, gives that nice kind of like lemon peel kind of a uh, character. Yeah. And uh, Mosaic, of course, everybody knows Mosaic. Mosaic is very popular. It's very popular. This is a, beer. This is a bitter <laughs> yeah. beer, man. I, I like that there's sh- that we're shifting back towards some bitter IPAs. This is right at that seven percent mark.
2: Yeah, and and it seems like a beer that I can have a couple of. You know, it's not like okay, what's next? You know, it's like I could swill a couple of those. Great looking can. And uh, hats off to Stone, but I think we have one more. Well, that's interesting more. that
1: you want to swell another one because we have something else next. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that that beer, I know what that beer is, Jeff. That you is do? Uh, that is also a Stone beer, know? but uh, because
1: it's got a label on it.
2: It doesn't have a label on it. It's actually a, just a silver can because it hasn't come out yet, but it will. And it has if you're listening in June of 2018. <laughs> and uh, tell this, me the name. This beer is called Fear Movie Lions. And uh, it's a double IPA from Stone, uh, and I believe it's a take on a New England style IPA.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, this one is uh, in the eight percent range, and um, let me take a sip of it.
1: I think it's uh, it's definitely a little bit more in that, like you said, the New England style. Um, the name, uh, some of our listeners, Fear Movie Lions, like what is that? Like uh, that's like the the Witch, the Wardrobe, and the the handkerchief. <laughs> is uh, it the movie Fear? There's actually an app called What three words and it's this really kind of interesting quirky uh gps type thing and it gives you three words for where you're standing it's kind of like a coordinate that's right it's a coordinate thing so jason as we're sitting here in the in the in the theater or in the theater <laughs> in the studio our three words are moves those sling Ah. Uh, sling Sling, yeah, yeah, like the microphones, oh, yeah. I guess. I don't you know, and if we could move it over here and find out uh <laughs> our next door neighbor is afford hedge aware. Wow. Check that out so if you So, What a three chance. words app, uh, I believe it's free to download. What do you think of the beer? I think it's good, man.
2: Yeah. You like one over the other?
1: I you know, I would kind of lean towards the idolatrous myself.
2: Yeah. I like the idolatrous as well. The uh the, the fear movie lines is it's 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 a little bit more um bitter, I think. And mm-hmm. um you know what, what? I said earlier about having a couple in a row, um, that might be one that you know tastes a little bit more boozy. Um, it's it's certainly malt forward and dry, but it's got that West Coast style yeah. to it uh, that Stone's known for when they're going back to the the ruination and whatnot, mm-hmm. uh, double ruination if you will. Yeah. And I think the idolatrous is more of um, you know the styles of you know what people are craving today uh, that has the same character but is a little bit more drinkable
1: right it's yeah. not as um you know we talk about the some of the new england ones being you know like viscous or like they're just kind of thick yeah you know and this is that le- leaner body um and it's not just to do with the filtering you know i know that there's this was discussion about like is it because it's unfiltered blah 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 yeah. but um nice structure great carbonation as always uh cheers to greg cook and his team over at stone it's balanced um, we had greg on a few episodes back go ahead and check it out it was a fun interview and uh, Jason, I'm going to tell you that's what's in the fridge. But then we got some, we got some cats walking in right now. I, I think I hear some show tunes.
2: <laughs> some show tunes. And a
1: and a, and a guy in a tie dye t shirt. So stick around for the interview, nice. won't you? Jeff, did you know
2: that uh, Betsy Ross's first flag was not stars and stripes? It was actually a, a giant lobster playing a banjo.
1: I think I heard that somewhere. Yeah. I think it was from you actually. In in Nashville when we were drinking whiskey. Yeah, that's just a little fact. I don't think anybody knows it, except for you. (laughs) Do you think that? Do you think there was ever like a, um, like a uh, what do I call it? Like an abstract version, like in the in the running, like yeah. It's just like somebody took a marker and and just scribbled on it. It's like plastic vinyl on a picnic table. Right. Yeah.
2: Anyways. Where are you going
1: with this? Well, the reason
2: I bring up the flag is because I think it's important that our guests here uh, are, are with the 14 Star Brewery in St. Albans, Vermont. All right. Named for
3: Vermont being the 14th state in the union, thus the 14th star on the flag. There
2: ah. it is. Come on, stay with there me, people. Go. And by the way, why are there so many guys here? Where's Andrea? She was. Uh, she's on episode <laughs> two. Oh, season right. one. I'll have to look for her. So Here we are with 14 Star Brewery, and uh, for those of you that don't know, uh, we, are in, we are in Vermont. We are 14 stars in St. Albans, Vermont. It's got a great story. Maybe you've heard Andrea's story. We can give you a condensed version of it, but really, uh, I think the idea today is to talk about what 14 Star Brewery has become, what they're doing, and uh, what they're going to be doing, uh, beer by beer, if that's cool. And uh, I'd like to introduce our guests. Uh, we have Dave Rayum. Is and and uh, the head brewmaster Dan Sartwell and the owner and the founder Stevie Gagne.
1: So, welcome, welcome, guys. Yeah,
2: yeah, um, and Steve, welcome back. And uh, first things first, and I mean this sincerely on behalf of my entire crew at It's the Beer Talking, uh, thank you for your service, uh, which uh, obviously you've served and you're still serving,
3: yeah, still, uh. For roughly 687 days. Uh, <laughs> That's so all you have that, left. Not that anyone's counting. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm fortunate enough I get to uh, work with the uh, professionals over at the Army Mountain Warfare School. And we teach soldiers and uh, and Marines, et cetera, to uh, climb, uh, ski, snowshoe, uh, and otherwise fight in the mountains. So it's it's really kind of a privileged spot to be in, and uh, it's a great place to kind of close out the career. It'll be 24 and a half years here. Awesome. Wow. Yeah.
1: Congratulations! And, uh, let's let's hear your path to beer, Steve. Yeah. We would like to ask our guests how how did you did you stumble across it by accident? You were trying to be a winemaker. One day you were feeling like a space cadet. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> seriously.
3: No, uh, actually, it started uh, shortly after coming back from Iraq, uh, my first tour overseas, and uh, I was expecting to be stationed. We had just bought a house in Swanton. My wife and my newborn daughter were there, and um, the army said, "Hey, we're going to station you a couple hours away." Which we consider close enough. And uh, so I was down there actually to save money. I rented an apartment. Uh, it was about the size of this table. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and um, I had no internet, uh, no cable, just because those were extra expenses we didn't need. And so to pass the time, I, I picked up uh, uh, some hobbies. Um, I actually started uh, by making soap. Uh, because one night I was I was having a, I'm not gonna lie I was having a few uh, Bud Lights and BL smoothies. I in the uh <laughs> and, I was, and I was watching a DVD of Fight Club and I said There's no way that's how you make soap. And so I walked the two miles to Walmart, bought some lard and some drain cleaner, and I made soap. <laughs> uh, I didn't I not remember most of it, but I made soap and I was so I was fascinated. <laughs> I was like Wow, you can make soap like or at dominance. home. This is cool. So I started making soap. Uh, and actually got into, or when I do something, when I, like, when I follow a, uh, you know, a hobby or a passion, like, I, like I don't mess manual. around. No, no, I just do. <laughs> and, like, I figure out, so, like, a bunch of chemical burns later. Yeah, that led to cheese making, because the only thing more delightful than soap is cheese, because. It's a natural it's, progression. Well, mm-hmm. it's, and it's just delightfulness, you know. It tastes better. Uh, but that led almost immediately to uh, home brewing. And, uh. And as soon as I started homebrewing, I was like, wow, this is very, very cool. And um, it's the perfect mix of, you know, and, and all of you who are, are in the, the beer industry know, it's, it's that perfect mix between art and science. The science of making a really good beer and the art of making something interesting enough for anyone to care about. Um, so I got super heavy into homebrewing uh, and was brewing just about every night uh, when I get home from work. And I would work from six in the morning till late at night, come home, Uh, brew a batch of beer, wake up and do it again the next day. And what I found is by making beer, I wasn't drinking quite as much. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was, it was a, it was a healthier option. Um, But then Jeff, you should make beer. (laughs) A couple weeks later, I would have, you know, a couple cases of beer ready to drink. And I was like, Ooh, I better invite some friends over. So uh, then I started making friends, which was, which was nice. It was a, it was a nice change for me. (laughs) Um, but uh, now it was fantastic. And, and I'd invite guys over from work, and we'd have beers. And we really started talking about stuff that you know, we probably should be talking to therapists about. But uh, it was great. And that's when I realized that beer had this amazing quality to bring people together, not just about the beer, but just in general. And, uh, and I knew at that point that somehow I was going to be involved with beer uh, for the rest of my life. Um, so then shortly thereafter, I got deployed to Afghanistan. Um, And while we were there, my best friend Matt and I, he and I were both stationed at this little patrol base in the mountains. Um, No power, no running water, no internet, and it was fantastic. I was the (laughs) highest-ranking guy for like 100 miles. It was like I had my own little kingdom. Um, But uh, to pass the time, one of the things we did, you know, a lot of guys read books and we played board games and stuff between patrols and getting attacked and cleaning weapons. Like, there's just a lot of stuff to do, but then there's hours worth of boredom. And so, uh, just in the back of one of my little notebooks, we sketched out a business plan to run a brewery, having no real intention of actually starting a brewery. We just thought, man, this would be cool. Let's intellectually keep our mind sharp and let's do something Mm -hmm. like that. Made up numbers completely make, which is actually how I do strategic planning now. Um, I found, (laughs) I found when you're not hampered by the facts, it really lets you just flow. Right. Uh, So, um. Yeah, we wrote out a business plan, came home, and, and we were still home brewing together. Uh, and then about six to eight months after we came home, my wife, Nicole, kind of put her foot down. She's like, hey, this whole brewery thing, do it or shut up because I am done listening to it. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, took out a loan against uh, my 401k, assembled a one-barrel brew house, making 30 gallons of beer at a time. Um got licensed in may of 2012 and uh it, it got a wee bit ridiculous Real quick, so you got a couple of barrels of, of what kind of beer <coughs> uh, the first beer we brewed uh was a brown ale um and it was just me taking my homebrew recipes and, and scaling up and that system and our current pilot system at the brewery which is the second system that we built uh which is about three and a half barrels they're basically basically just big homebrewing systems and um Using the same kind of technology that you'd use on a ten-gallon home brewing system, um, and uh, which is great because it means I still know how to use it uh, when it comes to our when it comes to our large brew house that that Dan and crew runs. I look at him like, "So, do I turn this thing?" He's like, "No."
1: <laughs> if I'm pic- I'm picturing the Mister Beer thing that you buy at TJ Maxx, yeah. like, is it like that?
3: No, no, no. It's actually made
1: with uh, so the
3: three and a half barrel, the second brew house that Matt and I made. Um, that's actually made with maple sugaring tanks, mm-hmm. and uh, so my dad, after he retired from the army, worked for C.D.L. Maple, and so I knew a guy who knew a guy who robbed a guy, and uh, and we were able to get really cheap tanks, uh, basically at cost, and uh, they're stainless, not thick enough, <laughs> uh, not as thick as we'd like, but we're, we said, hey, we can we can make this work, and so we just kind of engineered it and, and got it working, and we brewed. Yeah, the last year we were in the small brewery, Dan. We brewed what 800 something barrels on a three-barrel system.
0: Yeah, I think it would end up being uh, 750 between uh, between two of us brewing through that. That was yeah, a lot of beer through that small <laughs> system. Yeah, so
1: it's doable. Nice. Cool. So so that was May of 2012. Yep. When you got licensed up, yep. and so now we're in June of 2018.
2: Yeah. Well, hold on though. So you're chugging some brown ales. Yeah. And you're thinking you want to sell this to somebody.
1: Well, yeah. With
2: would you like to buy a glass of brown ale, sir? Yeah, <laughs>
3: well, I love brown ale. Terrible. You know, unfortunately, where we were at at the time didn't allow for a retail, uh, like, a So you a couldn't pipe. even sell We it. couldn't. So we could only sell it by the growler. Well, the problem is when you brew 30 gallons of beer, after wastage, you know, at spillage, you get probably 27 gallons. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not a lot of growlers. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, and so we were four weeks in. You know, we opened our doors, sold out immediately. And we're like, we're Like, we're not going to have the next beer ready for like another 10 days.
1: Sorry, public. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to we be are, open twice a month. Yeah. So, sorry, both of you that showed up and bought all our beer. <laughs> we're not going to have enough. And then you start to think about like, man, I should brew every night. And then and then Mrs. Gagne is like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> oh, no, she was fine with it at that point.
3: She's like, go away. You're go good. away. Uh, <laughs> but it was, you know, we were. We would increase our brew frequency, and then we're like, "Wow, this still isn't keeping up." So we need a bigger brew house. So we shut down for about six weeks, built the three and a half barrel system, opened back up almost immediately. Hired Dan, Dan's uh, Hartwell, yeah, brewmaster. You stole him. Ah, uh, no, no, no. You want to get? You want to be
2: closer to home?
0: Uh, yeah. Actually, I was. Uh, um actually looking to uh possibly within the next few years start my own brewery in st albans uh, and uh steve had already done all the legwork so i was like that sounds like a much better deal <laughs> when this genius fails i'll just buy his stuff and take <laughs> over <laughs> this guy's brewing brown and all, wah, wah.
2: <laughs> so we pause for a second dan where, you had some brewery experience then already
0: uh, yeah, so I started uh, the uh, the Shed Brewery in Stowe. Uh, in uh, it was the last year they were open. I believe they, they ended up closing in uh, October of 2011. So um, I had quit a uh, really cush job, uh, making twice at least the money um, to get a, a brewing job at the Shed. And uh, uh, they didn't tell me at the time. They knew, but they didn't tell me <laughs> at the time that they would be closing within about uh, nine uh. months. So, uh, but it was, I mean, best best decision I ever made yeah. uh, to get into the brewing industry, and it just great respect for uh for the brewers that have that have gone through there and it was a great great start to my uh to my career for sure so the shed was is you know kind of uh
1: old school i think is the polite oh, way oh, to say oh, it very old school old yes. school uh brew pub and you could go in and have a burger and a, and a couple beers at prey uh, there, there was a good parade of brewers that went through there yourself included dan um sean hill was there for a
0: while <laughs> Uh, and uh, there's a couple other. Yeah, Jim Jim Conroy, who uh, who he's the head brewer at the uh, Alchemist. Um, yep. That was actually my introduction into the shed when he went over to start uh, brewing at the Cannery. Um, I was able to get into the shed. So. Yeah.
1: yeah. So there. I mean, it, and it's now it's uh it, it went out of business as you said. Uh, it was purchased by uh, some other people and it's now idle time brewing. Yep. Uh, and. The Shed brand, we should say, that you're still like, I'm drinking a mountain ale right now at home. Yeah. Like, what are they talking yeah, about? They yeah, went yeah. out of business. It uh, was a- acquired by Otter Creek, uh, and therefore Long Trail and that whole crew, so they're they're brewing that down in middle The recipes now. Uh,
3: live on. Yep. yep. Yeah, and, and I will say, from a craft beer fan prior to being a, a craft beer entrepreneur, having a mountain ale at the Shed... Was, was cool. it was one of those things you had to experience if you were a fan of, yeah. of beer because it was there was something about that beer and you know and, and the crew down at otter Creek they're they're doing it great but uh, but the mountain ale at the shed I don't know what was dripping into the open fermenters <laughs> back then that just made it what it
1: was but man it's uh, it was, it's a little too consistent now yeah <laughs> <laughs> that was back in the day with uh, when it was if you remember in Vermont we only had that eight percent cap. Mm-hmm. On on beer, otherwise it was considered liquor, mm-hmm. and so they said it was seven point nine nine or something like that.
0: Yeah, right? it was always it was always seven point nine. Yeah, and you're you're sometimes you drink and you're like mm, I feel a nice warm glow.
1: That's a little bit more like eight point five.
0: I don't know what you're talking about. It was always seven nine. <laughs> yeah. Why is it you can set it on fire? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't ask for possible. a flaming Dr Pepper. I <laughs> <laughs> asked for a
1: bottle, you know. <laughs> but yeah, it's good memories though. Kudos yeah. to to the shed and it lives on as jason said yeah so dan comes over yeah. and then you're like i'm gonna
2: think
3: of something else to do i ah, know <laughs> no so uh dan came over and, and initially we we didn't really have the money to pay him and uh because we were just starting off and we had no sort of cash reserves and we're like well it's not gonna pay a lot um we can cook you something but we <laughs> but uh but i'll tell you it, you will have autonomy like you've never had and uh and we said there are a couple, couple rules, and they're still my only rules uh, when it comes to hiring new people. Um, You're not allowed to fall in love with me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that, <laughs> that's that's, the, that's the,
0: on the end. That's not not the, after what happened last time. That's, <laughs> he doesn't say it, but you can see it in his eyes. when he's.
4: So that's, good. that's more of a guideline than a rule. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um,
3: so, uh, no. And I told Dan uh, in our first meeting, in our, our, our uh, interview, I think was him showing up the second time to the brewery the first time he had joked around and said, Hey, you're looking for a brewer. And we're like, well, you know, we probably, and, and that, that actually, that comment got Matt and I to start talking about, um, well maybe we should look at ramping up production by hiring someone who actually knows what they're doing instead of hacking it. Like we were, we were just homebrewers with a license and, uh, you know, with a, an intense desire to do better. And if it wasn't for people like Paul Saylor at zero gravity, uh, Steve Parks at Drop In and the American Brewers Guild, um, who really helped us um, massively early on. Uh, I don't know that we would have made it. So big shout out to them, and they make fantastic beer. And everyone who has the opportunity should buy it. Um, yeah, they're, they're okay. <laughs> uh. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, and and so uh, Dan shows up the second time, and he said, uh, "Hey, you, you know, if you have a position open, we're like, actually, we do." Um, it's not gonna pay much. You're gonna have crazy autonomy. Um, all we ask is that you work hard, uh, you don't lie to us and you represent the brand well. That's those are those are my three hard and fast rules.
1: Dan said, I'll be right back. I gotta think about this.
3: <laughs> Dan was like, Is two out of three good? And we're like, Done. Sold. Uh, and uh so we hired him that day. Um his first probably three months of paychecks were written out of my own personal account because we didn't have enough money. Um, but, you know, we did it under the assumption that we could brew enough beer that would pay his salary. Um, and at this point, you know, we were still kind of putting a little bit of money into the brewery every month, just kind of keep it running. Um, and it did. And uh, and we continued to grow, continue to grow to the point where Dan was working uh, six Six and a half days a week, um, which I thought, you know, I, I think he could have done a little more. Um, I, I think he was skating on us for a while. Uh, well, nice. let's
1: we we've been talking about the path to beer, so let's talk about yeah. the beer because I'm I'm sipping on uh, one of your newest ones here, but I don't want to spill the beans. So why don't you walk us through? Uh, w- you know, once you got done with Uncle Steve's brown ale, sure. uh, and you realized that you were in Vermont and people. <laughs> <laughs>
3: want to lighten up the color a little. Yeah. You, you thought about an amber. Yeah. Uh, so our first, uh, I don't know if you'd call it flagship. We'll call it flagship. Our first flagship uh, was called Valor Ale. Initially, it was just our, uh, our amber ale, uh, which, you know, as we know, is a style that's currently in decline. But uh, it was our amber ale that we had, uh, you know, dry hopped quite a bit. And so it had a nice, real hoppy finish. Um, so... Another one of the, the reason it got its name, Valor Ale, was one of my buddies, Zach. He uh, he runs a nonprofit, Purple Hearts Reunited, returning medals of valor to the servicemen or women uh, who earned their, more or their families. And uh, at the time, he had spent almost 30 grand out of his own pocket doing that. And we we're like, well, dude, the, let me let me help you in, in some way. And so uh, we donated a portion of all the sales of valor to support Purple Hearts Reunited, uh, which is grown i mean people probably know more about BHR than than 14 star which is great <laughs> um but he's a, he's a great advocate for the brewery obviously because it also helps his foundation but uh yeah so we started uh we started with valor and uh and that took off fairly well um which actually led us to uh, um to finding a distributor uh, a great distributing partner and feral distributing and uh and since then it's it's kind of been a kind of a constant growth curve
2: so uh, that's pretty cool i mean you're yeah. coming out of this thinking you just want to give back in a way once you pay dan and um and so you found a way to do that with valor and your friend zach and that's yeah. that's pretty awesome maple breakfast stout is that your is that your second second brew uh that
3: was that was really our second uh, uh does that have something to do with your dad distributed core brand well actually on the, maple? On, on the can uh you know we grew up huge family my mother's uh the oldest of 11 or excuse me there's 11 living there's 14 total um and uh my grandfather or excuse me my uncle used to have a, a maple sugar shack and uh my grandfather used to used to sit there and just kind of taste it coming off the coming off the uh evaporator and he's like ah oh, you know john you should do this and do this but uh uh, he was a craftsman in his own right my grandfather built the georgia catholic church by the way ascension parish
1: georgia vermont yep
3: georgia yep. vermont sorry yep. no. for our listeners in peru
1: bienvenidos
3: <laughs> and uh in costa rica and uh, so when we started brewing maple breakfast out and looking for a package design my aunt had painted a picture of my grandfather making maple syrup and i said wouldn't it be a great way to kind of honor the craftsman that is i have that poster my in, in my garage yeah Yep, uh, wouldn't it be a great way to kind of honor the, the craftsman that my grandfather was through putting him on the packaging. Oh, that's so, awesome. Yeah. So And Dan and crew continue to kind of kill that beer, which kind of has its own cult following here in Vermont.
0: Kill it in a good way. Yeah, so we uh, uh, are donating portions of that uh, to uh, Martha's Kitchen uh, here in the St. Er, in Albans. Um, and then uh, outside of the state, any of the uh, product that we sell out there um, goes to... Uh, um, like in in the Massachusetts area, we we uh, donate to the Boston Food Shelf there. So. Nice, Jeff. I
2: I gotta tell you, Jeff. I, I I can have a maple breakfast out, and I can nurse this thing for sixty minutes if I want to, and it just continues to get better as it's uh, as it's warming up. Uh, you get a lot more uh, maple from it, I think. I don't know if you guys brew it in layers like that, or if that was just my can, but uh, it was. <laughs> it's really delicious. It's a pretty special beer that. Um, you know, we we, we, we kind of thought that would uh, it would just be like a a winter seasonal, and it just mm-hmm. continues to to grow uh, twelve months out of the year.
1: So you mentioned the kitchen. I, I like to make waffles like on the weekends. Yeah, and I, and I found that maple breakfast stout. You know, you sub out some of the water and you put that in there. Oh yeah. And it gets a little dark and people, you know, you're serving it to your friend. You're like, what? Do oh, you burn this? <laughs> or is this like whole brand, you know, like whole brand waffles or something? You put it in the batter. Just try it. Yeah, you put it in the batter. Yeah. And, it, and I, I like it, too, because I think the, and this is all non-scientific, but I think the carbonation and the alcohol as it steams off in the in the hot uh, waffle pan, mm-hmm. it uh, it just makes them fluffier. Nice. And you get that nice kind of uh, roastiness. So you can just, you know, I don't drink coffee anymore, so now I'm now I'm just eating my coffee. <laughs> ah.
4: And that's that's one of the reasons we decided to align Maple Breakfast Stout with food kitchens and um, different um, charities that provide food to people because it's such a great beer to go with food or to cook with. Mm, um, yeah. Adds that nice roasty character, yeah. um, some of that sweetness.
1: Has anybody made ice cream out of it yet? Because I know we all joke about pouring stout on ice cream, but one
3: of our one of our favorite desserts is a is a Maple Breakfast Stout float. Mm-hmm. uh with a with a scoop of uh, vanilla or even uh, maple ice cream mm. uh, it's, it's ridiculous.
0: Yeah and like talking about that beer pairing with things it's funny we, I've had it with like it's really good with like some really light delicate creamy cheeses like a mm. brie. I've actually had it yeah. with a goat cheese uh, from Boston Post dairy that's a, it's our maple Chev and I was oh, like cool. mm, maple and maple not really gonna work. But because that beer is so complex, it has some sweetness, but it also has some dark roast. Mm. You have it with that sweet, creamy character that just brings out the nice, rich, dark, roasted character in the beer. And it's just, yeah. I mean, can't explain it. You just got to try it. Nice. Right? Well, you
1: guys know Island Ice Cream, right? They're oh, yeah. yep. oh, yeah.
0: They do that bourbon
1: vanilla. Yep. I could see that being really good
0: as yeah, a float. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, and I think it's
3: important to mention uh, <clears throat> that, you know, we talked about some of the things that the beer support. Uh, when Matt and I founded the brewery, it wasn't. The goal was never to you know, make a ton of money or, or, or be distributed it uh, throughout New England. It had nothing to do with that. Dan was, was hoping it did. It was Well, it was, uh, <laughs> he, did. he wants to get paid. Dan would like to chime in on that. Um, but uh, no, originally it was Matt and I wanted something to do. We retire. We were retire from the army about the same time, and we wanted something that we could enjoy showing up to work every day and doing that. Uh, We would enjoy not only the process, but the product, um, making something with our hands. So, so much of what we do in the army is not uh, creation. Um, So when we're in Afghanistan, uh, you know, I commanded an infantry company and uh, it's kind of the antithesis of creation. Um, And so in brewing, you get this opportunity to, to uh, create on a, on a, on an absolute level. You take grain and water and make this thing that not only is great to drink, but that brings people together and we're able to use it to affect some social change, improvements in the community, um, improvements at the school to feed the the hungry, to house the homeless. And it's, it really is kind of like filling holes in the soul. If you will, like I've had to do some stuff in my career, not entirely proud about, mm-hmm. but it was what we had to do at the time. But through brewing, we can kind of do, the right things for the right reasons for the right people. And, uh, and it's kind thankfully kind of snowballed into this thing that people really enjoyed drinking and are willing to spend their money on. And so now, you know, we're distributed basically throughout new England. And, uh, and I can't wait for the day that we can turn this company over to the employees and let them enjoy, you know, the actual fruits of their labors.
2: Nice. Jeff, I've enjoyed quite a few tributes. Uh, with some friends and family uh, in and around Vermont. And that was their third uh, – th- was that your third
0: um, brew, you think? Somewhere in there. I, I mean, mean there a, a was Breakfast s- out, uh Recruit, and Tribute all were around the same yeah. time when those, those yep. were developed. So,
2: so Tribute uh, – you know, Jeff, these days it seems like these silly Vermonters, all they're into is these juicy, hazy double IPAs. Have yeah. you seen these things? And, uh, uh, I've heard of them. Yeah,
1: I think the Brewers Association just added the category. <laughs> and
2: I, so Tribute just kind of, you know, exploded, if you will, uh, uh, it, it, pretty fast uh, once they That's had so that. Cool. <laughs> once they had the opportunity to showcase exactly what they were doing. So, um, tell us a little about Tribute. Was that an experiment, uh, or was that one of those recipes that came over? I
1: don't.
3: I don't know if uh, intellectual property law. We can actually explain where the name came from. Is should we should we leave that a secret or well, a, was it not the greatest it, beer in the world? It, I mean, it's, it's it was just really a just a tribute.
0: <laughs> if, yeah, I mean, we we lit, uh, yeah, let's, let's, it's let's a tribute <laughs> to a great
2: beer.
3: I said it. it. You didn't. You I, don't have to uh, say uh, anything. I said it.
0: I just hope uh, a certain band can someday grace their presence in our tap room uh, while mm. drinking that beer. Nice. Yeah, yeah,
3: that would be explosivo. Yeah. So, all right, I'm yeah, gonna I'm yeah. gonna say I'm gonna say it here. All right, first time, it's exclusive. Where the name tribute came from? So tribute started out as a homebrew recipe that was, let's say, an homage to another great Vermont double IPA. But mm-hmm. it, it never really got there as a homebrewer. Um, and so I showed Dan my recipe, and I was like, hey, I, I was brewing this one. I'd like to try and brew this one again, but I keep screwing it up. It's, it's just not what it could be. And he's like, oh, let me let me change a bunch of stuff. And uh, and so we talked about it, and I was like, well, it's always kind of been a tribute to this other unnamed beer, right? And uh, so we would refer to it for a long time as, you know, the tribute beer. And then the day when we brewed the pilot batch at the brew house, we had my iPod on
0: shuffle. And, uh, Which only had a few tracks, some of them being uh, Justin Bieber. And show, tunes. show Justin tunes? Bieber and show tunes, Of course.
3: Yeah. And so we uh, were about ready to mash in. The iPod's playing, and we're getting ready to mash in this tribute beer. And Tenacious D, the greatest song in the world... Tribute, came on as we were mashing in. it, Dan looks at me and goes, well, that's settled. It's a sign. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that day we decided that that beer would be called Tribute. Um, and thus it lives on. And, and Dave, uh,
2: Make-A-Wish Foundation tied into the Tribute?
4: Yeah. So um, we're donating proceeds from sales of Tribute to the Make-A-Wish. Um, and we also do multiple events that uh, go to Make-A-Wish as well. So... Um, yeah. Nice.
0: Just another.
3: Yeah. Just just so much depth
4: just to that story.
0: Just another with good yeah. job. I, I, know, was say. <laughs> I know. With the song, actually, it was, it's funny because then from that point on, we would put tribute on every t- single time we mashed in, and it was five and a half tributes. So we'd get through five and a half <laughs> cycles of the song every single mash in, um, and that was how we knew. Yep, right there. Uh, if I Tenacious
1: D's producer is listening, um, we would love for you to come visit Vermont. Um, but you... Jeff's, should, got a l-
2: Jeff's leaving a voicemail.
1: You should leave your lawyer at
2: home.
3: <laughs> all, all expenses paid as long as you're crashing at the house and drinking our beer. we can. That's a good deal. Uh, aside from that, we can pretty much hook it up. Yeah. I have plenty of JetBlue miles, depending
1: on where you're flying from. What's the most you tribute
2: go. you've ever had in a row? <laughs> Five um, and a half.
1: Four. 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 <laughs> four. How many are they sold in? Uh, four. Oh, now, But which,
3: which is, which is fortuitous because I'm pretty sure number five would have led to destruction and
0: ruin. Boom. Uh, I, that's a good I beer I have name. done five once. I don't recommend it, and I don't exactly remember what happened after. that. <laughs> I was gonna say you remember drinking five. That's impressive. Wow. Someone told me
1: after. You looked in your recycling bin. Because we recycle in the Green Mountain State. We
3: do. It's funny my uh, my can collection bin. Is a, um, a motley crew of bright green and black and green, which is our other double IPA, mm. and uh, it's it's uh it's quite striking. I love it. It's, uh, it's nice. It's Great colors. Matches.
2: I got a friend that drinks four tributes once a week. Matty Rogerson.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say the motley crew's producers online three. They want to <laughs> <laughs> tell you that that was copyrighted. Copyright infringement. Yeah. Speaking of that uh, black and green can, mm. what's that all about?
3: Well, B seventy two. It's our Second double IPA. Uh, I'll, I'll actually let Dan talk a little. Bit. This was this was completely Dan's uh, baby, and, and actually the naming convention was Dan's as well. So,
0: yeah, actually this was originally uh, uh, batch seventy two instead of B seventy two. was a uh, It was our seventy second batch of the year. We'd been talking about doing this for a while, and we'd had uh, I'd kind of reserved the the batch seventy two name for something special, I guess. So seventy two is my favorite number. Don't ask me why, but it is. Um, so just kind of. Threw that on there. We it, it'll, For subsequent batches after the first one, it was like batch 36 because it's half a 72, batch 12 because it's one sixth, whatever. But uh, so the beer. Joel, do you have a cricket sound effect? <laughs> All right. Enough about numbers. So the beer. I was told there would be no math.
1: How old are you, Jeff? Half of 72. Wait, no, I don't remember what he said. Don't ask
3: Dave how old he is. He'll look at you and go, Yes.
0: <laughs> Sorry, I, I realized I just started going off on the number there. Which no, bat seventy two. We got it. So B seventy two is uh, what we call it now, and it's uh, so it's uh, uh, more of a New England or Vermont style double IPA. Um, it definitely has a lot more of that bitter backbone that um, I really enjoy in a in a double IPA. It's not like the uh, the no IBU or the the really super low IBU uh, uh, like juicy uh, hoppy beers, but it's got a really nice. Uh, uh, hot backbone um or bitter backbone and then a really nice uh hop uh like tropical fruit some grapefruit um and just super drinkable because uh, it's got a little higher finishing gravity so it's got a little extra sweetness to uh, to balance nice. it out so
3: beer review guys on the internet are going nuts over this one by the way <laughs> the brewmaster
2: speaks to the beer very eloquently
0: mhm mhm Numbers, not so much. <laughs> <laughs>
2: actually, I remember that beer when it came out, and it was actually called Batch 72, right? Yeah, You yeah, shortened it pretty time. quick, but yeah. And um, I just thought it was a, it was an army thing.
3: No, no, B72 is literally the 72nd batch of tribute, and
2: uh, I thought you guys were listening to the B52s, anyway. and you got the number wrong.
1: Isn't it? A, is it a warthog? Is that what I'm thinking of? The plane?
3: No, no, the B70, the B52 B- is a, is a bomber, and oh, uh, and B-52. that's why. So we kind of played on that imagery on the can. You'll see Catch. a bomber on the can uh, just dropping hot bombs on you. But was but B-52,
1: uh, was that the Warthog? Or am I confused?
3: No, no, no. No, that's the A-10. A-10 was a Warthog?
1: Yeah. yeah.
3: I'm not even that M- was the that. Just multi-component knowledge. Well, well, killer. Killer. I don't know. It just came out She's of the back of my head. Both
1: it. my uh, my parents were in the, the Navy and the Army. Oh, that's cute. Yeah.
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> what are you drinking over there, Dan? Uh, I'm drinking on the recruit. So uh, recruit originally was our uh, golden or our golden wheat, and uh, we originally <coughs> brewed this back at the uh, old space on the small uh, three and a half barrel system as a test. So we wanted to just brew something light, easy drinking. Nothing could hide. So we wanted to see, like, make sure there wasn't any DMS production in our in our kettle. There wasn't any like any off flavors that were were being produced in our system. So um, we brewed the first batch of it, and we were like. this is pretty good Hmm. (laughs) so uh and everybody loved it who was having it in the tap room so we just kept uh continued to to brew it and uh, eventually we rebranded it to give it a name because uh um much to my chagrin it's uh uh, giving beers names actually is really beneficial (laughs) um even though i just like to call it exactly what it is
1: batch 72 (laughs) (laughs) It's
0: the best i could do
1: (laughs) i'm gonna call it golden wheat
0: so, oh, yeah. so it is a twenty percent wheat beer. Um, the the rest of it uh, barley and a little bit of flake oats. Um, and then we we brew that beer like. Uh, Kind of like a lager, so we'll, we'll use uh, traditional uh, German malts uh, in that, and then we also use um, some uh, Czech hops and German hops in that as well. So give it a little bit of a spicy finish to it, just enough bitterness to balance it out. But it is uh, slightly, slightly sweet, um, but super easy drinking. Great summer beer. Uh, it's my, my go to for sure uh, this time of year is when the weather starts warming up. So,
2: lightest beer you guys brew?
0: Um, lightest beer that we brew commercially, commercially in the taproom. Right. You'll, you'll find some lighter stuff. We, I mean, we do some light lagers in the, uh, that you can find in the tap room. We do some, uh, um, we got right now we've got our, uh, sugar on snow, which is a, uh, a maple cream ale, which is just phenomenal. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, definitely the lightest one we put out in can.
4: Yeah, we decided to rebrand it as Recruit because it's one of those great, really light, easy drinking beers, and it really helps get people into the craft beer scene that may have shied away before. Well, these hoppy, big, dark beers, um, this is a great craft beer that's light and easy to drink.
2: And you guys have Vermont Adaptive Ski Ski and Sports?
4: Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, yeah. We're donating portion of proceeds to Vermont Adaptive Ki- Ski and Sports um, and also other adaptive sports programs as well uh, around uh, different states nice. um, to help out with their uh, their efforts.
3: And that, that really stems from uh, having a lot of friends and colleagues who, uh, although Vermont Adaptive Ski and Sports isn't um, solely focused towards uh, military uh, amputees and, and whatnot. I have a lot of friends, uh, and, and coworkers who've returned with different disabilities, uh, and things like this have made a world of difference. Yeah. Um, you know, my instructor at Pathfinder school, uh, Cedric King lost both legs, uh, at the knees, um, after he taught our course, he deployed. And, uh, and for someone who admittedly didn't run a whole lot before that, uh, you know, now he's running marathons on spring legs, which I think I'm pretty sure is cheating. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, and, and and so going through this this uh, wildly traumatic event has turned him into an advocate for you know inner strength and 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 pushing through adversity. Um, so every day I wake up and I'm like, oh, I'm sore, I'm tired, I'm hungover, and then and then I'm like, oh, what the yeah, what the hell am good. I complaining about, you know? Right. And uh, I have everything pretty much working on me. You, you know, I, I'm in generally great health. What in the world do I have to, to complain about? And so we want to ensure that that uh, uh, adaptive sports and Vermont adaptive sports here are able to continue doing what they do for people just to make their lives, you know, as rich and as normal as possible, so that's super cool
1: there's another uh, foundation that you work really closely with too that I I think you you mentioned inner strength and um, I'm thinking of the Josh Pallotta fund foundation excuse me Um, David you want to talk a little bit about about that and your work with them
4: yeah, um, so Josh's uh, mother, Valerie, came to us looking for um, a special edition label um, that we could release yearly in uh, Josh's memory, uh, and we donate a portion of the proceeds of that beer, um, our 11 Bravo, uh, to the Josh Pallotta Fund. Um, so Josh uh, was a soldier. Um, he lost his battle with PTSD, um, and his mother, uh, Val, has a mission to create this uh campus basically for military personnel where they can come together um and you know just hang out and get better you know feel better um and play video games things like that and so she's looking for funding for that so we wanted to help her out in that in that uh, effort so we started with 11 bravo um and now our newest beer um follow me it's an american ipa Um, we're donating a portion portion of the proceeds of that, and that beer is available year-round, unlike our 11 Bravo, which we do, um, you know, once a year.
3: 11 Bravo means infantryman. And so Josh was an infantryman uh, who deployed uh, during the same deployment that Matt and I to Afghanistan. And and like Dave said, when he came home, uh, he suffered from TBI, traumatic brain injury, and uh, PTSD, uh, post-traumatic stress disorder. And uh, and he ended up losing his fight with those uh, and took his own life. You can support... uh, the, the Josh Pallotta Fund, either through uh, drinking uh, Follow Me, which is a great sessionable American ale or American IPA, uh, or you can go to uh, joshpallottafund.org. Pallotta is P-A-L-L-O-T-T-A fund.org. Um, and you can give in that way. And uh, and like Dave said, that's the goal is really to create a, uh, a place for veterans who can be around other veterans understand who understand what they're going through. Uh, and get the help that they need if they need to um
1: well follow me is a delicious ipa I just finished mine uh, you can hear the empty can as as e- uh, evidence uh 4.9 percent ipa very sessionable has some nice tropical juicy notes to it um
0: what, was, I, it,
2: what I, was in that can dan what was in that can uh, follow me
0: so uh how'd you, how'd you think of that one I I really enjoy that beer. I mean, a I, I really hop forward. It's got a great uh, hop profile to it. We use uh, a lot of Galaxy hops in that, just to yeah. just to really give it a nice uh, hoppy punch. We hop that one uh, more aggressively even than uh, what we do our tribute, um, and but with the low ABV. So yeah. um, very simple malt bill. Let the hop shine in that, and uh, you know, nice low ABV with a, a great hop flavor. So you can have a few of them, and uh, yeah, it's. Good to go. Nice.
2: So, hey, uh, real quick before we wrap it up, Steve. You keep talking about this Matt guy. Uh, he, he's the guy that you were. Uh, he's kind of a goon. You you, know? Were you Were you designing the plan for the brewery with with that guy?
3: Yeah. So uh, so Matt's my best friend and uh, and business partner. And um, so uh, he does most of the uh, the way we kind of align ourselves in the business. Um, Matt does most of the working with uh, Dan and his crew on uh, standards, safety, discipline. I don't know if that's discipline, like, you know. Yeah. (laughs) Do do we have one of those sounds? (laughs) Um, But, you know, things like, you know, ensuring that our employees have uh, performance counseling and they understand uh, what they're doing right, where they can improve, et cetera, uh, which really kind of mirrors his role in the army and then mine is really more about strategic planning and and, uh setting vision statements and uh so it's really more aligns with what i do and so we're really just using the skills that the army taught us to uh to build a retirement business
2: and there you have it jeff i just wanted to give matt a prop
3: because he couldn't be with us today but
2: the the unsung hero the co-founder
1: yeah yeah but hey david before we wrap up uh tell us uh where we where our (laughs) listeners can find you on the
4: Yeah, we're at uh, 14starbrewing.com. We've got a new website coming out um, within a few months here. Um, we're also on uh, Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook. Uh, that's 14star, at, or at 14starbrewing. Right. Are you on MySpace? Joel has a question. Yes, Joel.
0: Is that 14th star
3: uh, the numerals, or do you spell it out?
4: Ah. Oh, good question. Yeah, it's the numerals. Do you not know spell four. out the 14th? 14th. One One th.
3: <laughs> not the Roman numerals. <laughs> no. <laughs>
1: Nobody knows what those are anymore. Old school. Dan Dan does. (laughs) He knows what 72 is. I know all the numbers. (laughs) (laughs) Just throwing this out there, you're talking about not naming beers or whatever. That unsung hero, that sounds like a pretty good name for a beer. I'm just throwing that out there. Mm. Trademark. (laughs) <laughs> registered 2018 Dan, David thank you so much for joining us yeah guys really uh, great story really and, good uh, stuff
2: you're doing See Dan and Dave appreciate you guys brewed with a mission this nice 14 star brewery out of St. Louis, Vermont go out and get some perfect <laughs>
1: Hey, Jason and I want to thank you for listening to It's the Beer Talking, a Burlington Free Press production in collaboration with Ferrel Distributing. Our producers today are Joel Baird and Ryan Chafin. To subscribe to our show, head on over to iTunes and search It's the Beer Talking. And while you're there, why not give us a review? Got a question for us or a topic you think we should cover? Cruise on over to social media and find us with the username TheBeerTalking. We know we forgot the G, and that was intentional.